Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode on the Underachiever Sports Podcast. Today on the slate, we had two games last night. We had your Tampa Bay Rays playing the Detroit Tigers at Tropicana Field. And we had your Tampa Bay Buccaneers facing off against the Miami Dolphins at Raymond James Stadium. Big night for sports in Tampa yesterday. Not so much for Orlando, but tonight we will have a little MLS action. So tune in at the end for that. But first, let's go over the two games that were on last night. First, I need to apologize for yesterday's podcast and saying that if you went to Tropicana Field last night, there would be a good chance you would leave happy. Unfortunately, that was not the case, surprisingly, last night, as your Tampa Bay Rays would fall to the Detroit Tigers by a final score of 2 to nothing. The Detroit Tigers went into this into this game last night with a record of 36 and 82 with a 19 and 39 away split. Your Tampa Bay Rays would go into the game with a 71 and 51 record, a 31 and 28 home split. As you guys may or may not know, the Tampa Bay Rays have been a much better road team this season. Much better on the road than they have been at home, and this showed its ugly head last night as we would lose to one of the worst teams in the major leagues and just not be able to put up an entire run in the in the whole game. It's just devastating last night. The Tigers would get their two runs. I mean, it's just to go on the West Coast and win five out of six. Granted, you weren't playing great teams, but... To do that and then to come home after a day off, maybe that day off made them a little sluggish at the plate because your Tampa Bay Rays would only record five hits last night and three of them, more than half of them, would be off the bat of Matt Duffy playing third. That would bump his average up to 290. But overall, a very disappointing game. I thought for sure that we would have this one in the bag, but that is just how baseball works. You never really know what you're going to get in a baseball game. Anybody can win at any time. So let's go over a little recap of how the game went last night. Let's see. Kevin Cash. This is the lineup he would throw out against the Detroit Tigers. In the first game of this three-game series, Travis Darnot would play catcher and would bat first. Tommy Pham was playing in left field, batting second. Austin Meadows was playing DH last night, batting in the three-hole. Jesus Aguilar was batting cleanup, playing first base. Matt Duffy would be batting fifth, playing third base. Michael Brousseau would be playing second base, batting sixth. Kevin Kiermeyer would be batting seventh, playing his usual center field. Guillermo Heredia would be in right field, batting eighth. And Willie Ademis would round out the lineup, batting ninth, playing shortstop. So, unfortunately, last night, Kevin Cash's lineup did him no favors. 
Darno would get one hit batting first, which you always want to see your number one hitter in the lineup getting on base or getting a hit at least once or twice a game. Definitely want to lead off the game on a good note. However, the main problem in the Rays lineup would come from the two, three, and four batters. That is supposed to be your prime time spot in the order. You know, the three and four guys should be your power guys. And number two, just like number one, has to be getting on base. You even see a lot in the major leagues now. You know, back in the day when I was growing up, the best hitter typically batted third or fourth in the lineup, um, especially if he had power. He would bat in the three or four spot. Cleanup was a big spot for power hitters. But it seems like in today's baseball age, a lot of teams are batting their best hitters second in the lineup because they have the, the metrics now that tell them, the Sabre metrics, and it tells them, you know, well, there's a chance that the lower you put them in the order, the less of a chance of you know them coming up to bat in a critical position, or just maybe you know your first and second guys get that fourth extra at bat, but the game ends on the second hitter, so the third and fourth guy never come up. So a lot of teams are moving up their best hitters in the lineup, and. Your two, three, and four guys should be three of your better hitters in the lineup. And last night they went a combined 0 for 8 for your Tampa Bay Rays. And that is just unacceptable. That is not going to get anything done. Not a good night at the plate at all for those guys. But on the other hand, your number five batter, Matt Duffy, would go three for four. So he put him in a good position. And then your 7, 8, and 9 guys would go a combined 0 for 9. Kiermaier, Heredia, and Ademis all 0 for 3. Just a terrible, terrible outing from the bottom of the order. And from the top of the order, the middle guy would be the only one who had a good outing in Matt Duffy. So unfortunately, not a good night for the Rays at the plate. The bright spot would be the pitching. Charlie Morton would throw 7 innings. We give up three hits, no earned runs, and 10 strikeouts, lowering his ERA to a 2.77. And he pitched pretty much the same he's been pitching all season. He pitched phenomenally last night once again. They brought in Fairbanks in the eighth, who gave up an earned run. The only earned run the pitching staff would give up all night. He gave up two hits and did not record a strikeout. That would raise his ERA to a 9.31. And then Mr. Drake would come in for the ninth. He would throw one inning, give up one hit, no earned runs with three strikeouts. He's got a 3.66 ERA. Very good outing on his part. But the big story would come from the Detroit Tigers, and it wouldn't be so much of their, their hitting. It would be more so about the pitching last night. Uh, Norris... Had a great outing, three innings, one hit, and three strikeouts. They brought in Verhangen for five innings, gave up three hits, no earned run, and three strikeouts. And then they would throw in the ninth to get the save, Jimenez, who would throw one inning, one hit, and two strikeouts. No earned runs, just a great outing for this Detroit Tigers pitching rotation. The team would throw nine innings, five, give up five hits, no earned runs, and eight strikeouts. 
while the Rays team would give up nine uh, would would pitch nine innings, give up six hits, one earned run with thirteen strikeouts. So if you really look at the two teams and you look at how their pitching fared against each other, you will see that the Rays only gave up one more hit than the Tigers did. They only gave up one more earned run than the Tigers did, and they threw five more strikeouts than the Tigers did. So you really can't pin this loss on the pitching. This loss comes solely on the hitting, and maybe it was just being tired from a long West Coast road trip, but we definitely need to see the bats come alive in the near future. It would be tough. You really can't afford to get swept by the Tigers in this series. They need to put on a good performance tonight at 6 o'clock against the Detroit Tigers. It is a pivotal game in this series. If they lose this one, they do lose the series. They should be able to win this one. They are facing Jordan Zimmerman, who is 1-8 on the season with a 7.13 ERA and a 1.6 whip. That is god-awful for a pitcher who used to be pretty good. He will be facing Ryan Yarbo, who's 11-3, 3.56 ERA and a .9 whip. The pitching definitely leans toward the Rays. Jordan Zimmerman is fully capable of throwing a good game. He was a very good pitcher at one point. I don't know if he's been dealing with injuries as such. It does say he was on the injury report. He was on the 10-day IL. He must be coming off the 10-day IL to pitch in this game. So maybe he's been having an injury-plagued season. It does appear so because I do remember this man being a very good pitcher at one point. Hopefully he does not (laughs) come out firing bullets because we cannot afford another zero-run night. But hopefully the Rays will be able to turn turn the, the series around, steal these next two games at home, and win the series. But let's move on to our next topic of the day. It will be the other team that played last night in Tampa Bay. It was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who would face the Miami Dolphins at home. Uh, Once again, it seemed like Bruce Arians played a very similar game game to the first game he played against the Pittsburgh Steelers in this preseason. He he left out Jameis Winston for one series. He threw Gabbard a little bit more than he did in the first game, but not a whole lot. And most of the game was was given to Ryan Griffin, the third-string quarterback. Uh, let me read you their stats. Jameis Winston went 2-for-4 four for, for 24 yards on the night. Got sacked for 11 yards. Once, Blaine Gabbard went 5-of-12 for 42 yards. Uh, none of these, none of these two guys had a touchdown or an interception. Gabbard would get sacked twice for a loss of 13 yards, and then Griffin would be 14 of 21 for 201 yards, one touchdown, and no interceptions. He would get sacked once for a loss of nine yards. They they really used that running back again, Agen Bowl. The Dare Ogden Bowl, the 40, he was wearing number 44. He's 5'11, 205 pounds. Went to Wisconsin, 25 years old. This is his first season at the NFL level. 
Bruce Arians has really been using this guy a lot in the preseason. He had 13 carries for 34 yards. He played a little bit better of a game the first go-around. This was not a very good game for him, but I'm not sure. He's I, Maybe he's seeing if he wants to keep them on the team. Maybe he's seeing where he wants to put him on the depth chart. Um, I'm not entirely sure. Or maybe he's just using him because he doesn't want to get the other guys hurt. I'm not sure exactly why he's using him so much. But it could be any of those scenarios. I'm not entirely sure. Uh, the other guy who got a little bit of the bulk of carries was Andre Ellington, the 30-year-old out of Clemson. 5'9", 200 pounds. You may remember him for the Cardinals. He got drafted by them in the sixth round of the 2013 draft. Andre Ellington had six carries for 15 yards. Really nothing special. <laughs> nothing special out of any of these guys tonight. Griffin, as I said, I wasn't sure if I told you his stats. Uh, Ryan Griffin was 14 of 21 with 201 yards, one touchdown and zero picks. He's been playing good. He played very good in the first game. There was a little bit of drop-off in this game, but he still played very well in this game. He, It's tough to really tell because they're putting him in third. So he's coming in in the second and third quarters usually, and that's when they take out the starters. So I'm not really going to put too much into Ryan Griffin. Um, but, yeah, I mean, all the other running backs really didn't do anything in this one. Ronald Jones, the, the pick out of USC – what was it, last year or a couple of years ago? It was 2018 draft. He was the second-round pick, 22 years old at the USC. He had two rush carries for seven yards. Peyton Barber, I think, will be the starter going into this season. He's a very big running back at 5'11", 225. He, this is his fourth season out of Auburn. He had two carries for five yards. You're not going to see much out of him. I think Bruce Arians is saving him for the regular season. As I said, he will probably be the starter going into week one. With Jones getting some backup touches as they hope he can kind of expand on his game. Uh, the leading receiver in last night's game was Tanner Hudson, the tight end out of South Arkansas. This is his first season, 24 years old. He's 6 foot 5, 240 pounds, a very big tight end for the Buccaneers. They they use this Dare Agambole quite a bit. As I said before, the 25-year-old out of Wisconsin didn't have a great game rushing, but he did have 54 yards receiving on three receptions. So you do have to kind of like those stats. He's definitely a dual threat running back. He can catch it as well as rush it. OJ Howard would get a catch in this game for 16 yards. So overall, I mean, it's it's really tough to analyze these these preseason games. You just don't really know what the competition's putting out on the field at all times. If they're choosing to play their starters, their backups, who who they're going up against. Are they really running all their plays? Is it a vanilla offense, a vanilla defense? It's tough to make all that stuff out. But the one thing that you can assess in the preseason is the field goal kicking. 
That does not change from regular season to preseason or playoffs, unless if you count a little bit of the pressure. And Matt Gay for your Tampa Bay Buccaneers, number nine out of Utah. He was a fifth-round draft pick this year out of Utah. He has been phenomenal. He went two of two. He made he made a 48-yarder, and he made one in the 30s as well. I believe it was a 32-yarder. But they've been saying he's made 60-yard field goals at practice. He looks very good. Looks like they drafted a great kicker there in the fifth round. Can't say enough about that. So hopefully, I know I know these past few years the Buccaneers have really struggled to find that kicker. They they really haven't had a good one, and unfortunately the kicker has lost them games in the past. So it's good to see that they have a kicker and one that is performing at the moment. But yeah, I mean that will move them to one and one in the preseason. They did lose that first one, but. Like I said, don't worry too much about the records. It's really just about seeing who's going to make the team, what the depth chart is going to look like going into the season. Not a whole lot of stock to put on the Buccaneers right now. Just some brief talk and uh, having some fun with it. But anyway, let's move on. There will be one more thing I want to talk about very briefly. This should only take a minute. It will be that tonight we have the two games. As I said before, the Rays will be playing the Tigers at 6. Yarbrough will be facing off against Jordan Zimmerman. And the other game we will have on tonight is going to be the Orlando City Soccer Club. They will be facing off against Minnesota United FC tonight at 8 o'clock on ESPN+. They will be playing in Minnesota. So sorry for all you Orlando fans. They will not be in town this evening, they will be playing at Alliance Field. So, just wanted to give them a quick mention. We will be talking about them tomorrow. We'll be talking about the game, the MLS game, and we will be talking about the MLB game tomorrow. So, you can look out for that on the podcast. I uh, thank everybody for listening once again. Uh, this was another great episode, and I look forward to talking some baseball and soccer with you guys tomorrow. Thank you, everybody. Stay safe and have a great weekend.